following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. Work. You're listening to Jones and Brown. Both of you are crazy. Both Mike Jones and John Brown. What's going on, everybody? You tell me what's going on. Well, the good news is mm-hmm. Josie and Brown back another week. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. People again. Yes, sir. The bad news is <laughs> what's the bad news? I generally news? don't like it. I generally don't like to admit when I'm wrong. Uh-huh. You know I will admit to it. When yes, I'm wrong. yes, yes. You, I, I will give you that, and I think that's probably something that's. That is something that you and I have in common because honestly, like, I mean, let's keep it real. You and I have not known each other that long. We've known each other for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. We've known each other for a couple of years, but there's something that I respect about you because it's something that I have myself in the sense that I, I respect the fact that you understand and will acknowledge that we are not perfect and that there are receipts that are in plain sight. So, so when we get caught up in one of those situations, when we get caught up in a situation where we make a claim or make a statement and are proven wrong, I respect the fact that you will admit that you've never been one to, Yeah. I won't shy away from it. No, no, you won't. And and I respect that about you. And I try to do the exact same thing. Couple, it was maybe. It was maybe a few days ago, mm-hmm. four or five days, something like that. Yes. Not sure exactly at this point, but the Clippers were up at a series three to one. Three to one. Three, three to, to one, one. Three to one. And at one point in and in, I in text the you, yeah, and I text you. Saying that, I mean, it, and this has been my pick from the start of the year. Yes, I stuck with my pick for yes. the NBA champions. Yes, for the whole year. Yes, and I was feeling good about my pick. You sh- as well, you should and be, because they were probably up double digits in that in in that closeout game when you sent me that. Oh, t- they were up fifteen in yeah. the second half. Up fifteen in the second they half were of a closeout up game. Digits when I sent you, the, when, yeah. When I sent you that text, and then, and then what? They, they lost, <laughs> and then they played another game. And what happened then? They were up nineteen, and they were up nineteen in the second half. Mm-hmm. And they lost again. Mm. Then they played another game. Mm. What happened? And they were up again in the second half. Mm-hmm. And they lost again. Whoa! I'm seeing a trendy. They look. Oh yeah, they look. They you were up three one and blew the series. Blew the series with opportunity with put it with opportunities to win. Not only plenty of opportunity to win. There is plenty of opportunity. True or false? They should have won. True, true, true or false? At this point, I honestly still believe they were the better team. True, true or false? Here, there's absolutely no reason why it shouldn't be clips 
Lakers other than the fact that they blew a 3-1 lead? No, they choked away a 3-1 lead. Let's so, say it right. Okay, they, you, choked, they, away they choked away. Because I, would you admit That's that? That's the only reason it's not Lakers-Clippers right now. Would, would you agree that sometimes the word choke is thrown away, is thrown out there too loosely? Like people it will say. thrown away. And it, sometimes you can just lose a game. Yeah. Sometimes you're up against a better team. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can play well. You miss one shot. People will call you a choke. No, mm-hmm. that's not a choke. Mm-hmm. You just stuff happens. Like, and and we'll we'll this get this was a choke. Like we'll get more into this. We might get more into this in in this discussion. But there are people who will say LeBron choked every time he loses. And you you and I know, especially you, because you fancy yourself as a basketball purist. And I respect your basketball mm-hmm. acumen. Whereas there are people who will say almost every time LeBron loses, they'll say he no, choked. There's only one real choke on LeBron's resume. Mm-hmm. And that was in 2011 against Dallas in the NBA Finals. Okay. Where he really just looked disheartened and you'd see him standing still in the corner, like on the baseline mm-hmm. on the court half the time. Like that I would call a choke. Like LeBron didn't seem like LeBron, his effort, his mm-hmm. his production, his performance all seemed to trail off in that series. Mm-hmm. That series I will call I'd say LeBron, that was a bad showing for LeBron. That was a bad look. But most most of the rest of the time he He's just up against better teams when he loses in the playoffs. Well, but you you admit that there there have been times, plenty of times, because um, because you know the fact still remains. LeBron has a losing record in the NBA Finals, mm-hmm. and he's lost more times in the finals than he's won. But there are people who will say almost every time he has lost that he choked. But no, that, that there are people that will absolutely say that. Mm-hmm. Not true. Okay. But you there, will. There are things that could be said about some of those losses, but choke isn't the word I would use. Mm. But you would call this what the Clippers did against the Nuggets. You would call that a choke. That's a choke. Why would you, you call? Three, mm. You have a three-one series lead and a lead in the second half of every game. You have three All NBA defenders. Yes. You have a two-time Finals MVP. Another multiple-time All-Star, and you can't find a way to win one of the, to put away one of those games. You have a multiple six-man of the year coming off your bench. You have the the reigning six-man of the year coming off your bench. Those are two separate players, by the way. Mm-hmm. And all of this going for you, you can't find a way to win one out of three straight games where you have a second-half lead. That is a choke. So who does this reflect? negatively on the most who do who do whose feet do you hold to the fire is this on Kawhi Leonard is this on Paul George or is this on Glenn Rivers because I I just want to I'll put this out here now early in the show I am a firm subscriber to the Mark Zumoff philosophy we're from Philly there's only one dot so you know, do you put this on Doc Rivers? Do you put this All on right. Kawhi Leonard? Do you put this on Paul George? Or is it something else? All right. Well, in game seven, mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard had a terrible performance. Mm-hmm. Paul George had a bad performance. Sixth man of the year, Lou Williams, had a bad performance. Now, let's talk about a couple things. Okay. The Clippers, prior to entering the bubble, were one of the few teams that said, no, we don't want to go to a bubble. Mm-hmm. 
they were me mentally disengaged from the start. That is not something I want to see from superstar players. So I, you hold that against them? You you, you did? I, are I, you saying you did not like that? In my mind, a superstar player, a true competitor, just jumping at every opportunity to win. Mm -hmm. Period. You go, mm -hmm. oh, I can go beat you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tell tell. Uh, imagine someone telling Mike back of the day or Kobe back of the day they had a chance at any competition. Mm -hmm. And see what they see what they say. Keep Michael I mean, cut your throat to beat you in Monopoly. Keep it real. People people will sit there and say people will make the argument all day long that LeBron just did not have that mindset that a Kobe and a Mike had when it came to competition. I, I still don't think he does. But LeBron but, was but LeBron was ready to jump into this. You didn't I don't see think he has the Kobe or Mike mindset. Mm, but okay. Those two guys were, okay. were borderline psychopaths when it came to winning. Okay, but but that, what, that but, does not mean LeBron is not a competitor. No, no. But what, I'm, <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is, even on even on something like this. Okay, I'm not saying, I'm not saying like this puts LeBron in the Kobe or Mike conversation as far as uh, competitive nature. Mm -hmm. But when it came down to it. There was an opportunity to play, and LeBron was like, all right, let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, yeah, you give LeBron a chance to win. He's going for it. He's a competitor. Yes, yes. He is a competitor. Yes, not because, that because I, I guess, like, to me, I'm a, I, I am always somebody who's who's going to jump on the side and jump into the conversation where it comes down to LeBron's not a competitor. LeBron's, not, you know, no, not, I'm, I'm always going to jump into that. But so I'm so – Whereas far where this is concerned, I'm sitting here like you know, LeBron wanted to play. Yeah, and so you sit here and look at like people. People are dying. There are people and dying for a reason to put Kawhi in the tier above LeBron. Mm -mm. It's at no, this point, it's Jordan, not, Kobe. We're not there yet. Yeah, we're not there yet. That's cool with me. I understand. Does this further put the? Does it? Does this loss blowing a three-one lead in where you had closeout games where you had a double-digit lead in the second half and not closing out the series? Do you use this as as fuel as okay? Kawhi's not LeBron. Well, for me, Kawhi was never LeBron. Okay, Kawhi is very good at a very, very, very good. He's a great basketball player. Gotcha. There are certain things he does very well. And then there are things LeBron does, Kawhi can't even come close. For example, putting the ball on the floor to create plays for his teammates. Mm -hmm. That is not a strength of Kawhi Litter. Gotcha. And it's not really a strength of Paul George either. Mm -hmm. They're more they're more so finishers. Mm -hmm. Which what which what that means is you need to be running a more ball movement oriented system or you need to bring in a true playmaker at the point guard. Mm -hmm. You know, one of those Rondo types who's not looking for their own shot, but they're great at setting everybody up, else yeah. up. Yes. One of the two. Now, you don't have that real playmaker type point guard on the roster. Okay. So what you then need to do is look at a Popovich system, a Phil Jackson system, a Steve Kerr system yes, that incorporates the ball. a yeah. lot of ball, ball movement yes. and allows players who can move well off the ball, like Kawhi and Paul George both can, mm -hmm. to catch and shoot. They're finishers. They're When they get the ball, they know it's a quick read, shoot, drive, swing. 
That's all it is. It's a simple read. You're not looking at them to make plays because there's a lot of action away from the ball. Mm-hmm. And the ball is just moving. Doc Rivers did not. And I and watching the playoffs before we got to the series, in the first round, mm-hmm. you saw them play a lot of ISO or isolation in the half court. Your turn, my turn. I'm going to go one-on-one type stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe we're just getting our chemistry back. We're out the bubble for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Let's get our legs under. Yeah. No, that just seemed to be the offense that they were running. That doesn't work. So for me, while Kawhi, his load management and only playing 65% of the games this year, mm-hmm. combined with a three-month layoff, his conditioning didn't seem right at the end of Game 7. Like, he was running out of gas. That's a factor. Did you... What, Paul what did you... George having... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Issues dealing with his mental health, and let's not take mental health lightly, mm-hmm. but Paul George having that issue something also a factor but for me these are all things that fall on the head coach the head like when you talk about great coaches in basketball the one thing they all have in common is they are good at taking the pulse of their team knowing when to push buttons knowing when to drive them harder in practice knowing when to give them a rest knowing who you can talk to this way and who needs to be coddled a little more Doc Rivers did not seem to have a grasp on all those aspects of this team. And you start going down Doc Rivers' resume, mm. this isn't the first time he blew a 3-1 lead, a 3-1 lead in a series. This is no. his third time doing that. No. Mm-hmm. His third time doing that. And then there are three additional 3-2 leads that he blew. So that's six series where he had elimination games, mm-hmm. a closeout games. Not not just you got to a game seven, like when you came, you were down three two and you lost a game seven. You pushed no, you had a lead in a series three two or three one six times and lost all of those series. That's unacceptable. That screams something's wrong with the coaching. Something. You like you got to be able to win one of those games, one of them. Are you at the point where you think that you? I mean, let's put it out there. Are you putting out? Are you saying that you think that the Clippers might need a change at the top? Oh, I'm absolutely saying that. Okay. I'm not be. I'm not dancing around that. I'm putting this squarely on Doc's feet and saying. Now, I, the Clippers, I doubt they're going to look to push him out this year. No, 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 they're not because he's a head guy. It, it's not It's not like Doc Rivers is just the coach. And he's I the think, GM. Yeah, he's the GM. So, you, you, so you're, you'd have to make – but see, him being the GM, mm. even more so lets me know that with that system he was running, mm-hmm. he should have known of all people what his personnel needed what his person, what type type of team he was putting together, what style of play they were they would excel at, and to see the, especially on the offensive end, the, what seems to be a poor scheme, it it screams the need for a change. But that is a bigger move for the Clippers because Doc is the GM as well than it is for most teams. I, it would almost it, it would have to be like 
like Doc has to fire himself. Unless like Doc did, Steve, unless yeah. Steve Ballmer steps in and says, "We're revamping this whole thing. I need a new GM, president, everybody." But that's I, and I don't see that happening because the two of them are reportedly have a very good relationship at this point. They have a very good relationship, and I feel like that's a team built to win now. Mm-hmm. You don't fight unless um. Unless you are in a situation where both the GM and the coach are completely inept. Like, blowing a 3-1 lead in the, in the second round, it ain't a good look. But it's, it's, not a, it's, it's, not, it's not a good look, but it's not what you want to do. I feel like bl- firing the GM and the coach is starting over. How do you sell Kawhi Leonard on that? To me, it's like... Well, depends but, on who you bring in next. Mm-hmm. You can sell him on that with the because the roster is intact. Maybe mm-hmm. you change a piece or two here or there, but you generally have a very sound, solid foundation for a team. Yes. What has to change is the way that team approaches the game of basketball. But to me, but but it's also like that ultimate win now coach is not out there. This is not like where you had Kobe and Shaq. You had Kobe and Shaq coached by Dell Harris, Rudy, Tom, John, whatever. It's not where but, you had Mike by coached by by Phil by by, by Doug, Doug Collins. Collins. Yeah, and well, you got to bring in Phil. But he, he, even then. Like the difference between then and now, like Phil Jackson was still a relative unknown. We mm-hmm. didn't know that Phil Jackson was Phil Jackson when the Bulls first brought him in. But what I'm saying when is, when Golden State brought in Steve Kerr, they didn't know he was going to be Steve Kerr as a coach. Okay, but it worked. You got to take that chance mm-hmm. sometimes. So, are you saying that's what they need to do? Maybe they need to take a chance on somebody, or they need to bring somebody with a proven track record. My my point is that that guy with the proven track record is not out there right now. What I think there's no Phil Jackson out there to hire right now. Phil Jackson, when the Bulls brought him in, was an assistant. He wasn't somebody with a proven track record. But what I'm talking about, I'm talking about Phil Jackson that the Lakers brought in. But it's the same. But the Lakers it are essentially in this type of circumstance mm-hmm. the anomaly almost. Mm, okay. There aren't many proven championship level coaches out there. Period. Yeah, that, that that's my point. Like, yeah, Miami was able. My, Miami brought in Pat Riley as a GM, mm-hmm. and it worked. When the Knicks brought him in as a coach, yeah, he coached. He did co- he was coaching for the um Shaq D Wade championship yeah. in Miami. Yeah. That worked. But that that's a rare that's a rare thing for that to happen. Mm. To bring in a coach who you just know this guy can do it. This guy most mm. of the time you have to really do your homework, really understand what type of system the coach wants to run and have a real vision for your basketball team. I'm just, yeah. So you just have to do your homework, do your research, and know know who your guy is. And they also have to be able to deal with superstar personalities and keep them motivated and mentally engaged. Doc Rivers, Doc Rivers had guys leaving the bubble. He had got to 
mm-hmm. you know, get some lemon pepper wings. Yeah, lemon Popeyes. pepper wings from a strip club. Yeah, let's. let's, let's I mean, look, I, right. I'm I'm not going. I'm. I mean, I'm we all knew what it was. Yeah. I mean, no, no. Let's, let's let's put it out there because I feel like that also adds to the point that you are trying to make. It's not mm-hmm. just like he he didn't go to he, he didn't go to Buffalo Wild Wings. He didn't yeah. even go to Hooters. He went to he went. And let's also keep it real. Orlando and Atlanta aren't close. We're not talking. Well, they're not that far. They're not that far, but they're not that close either. Couple hours. Couple hours. We're not talking Baltimore, Washington. We're not more talking like, New York like City, Philly, Newark. More like, more like Philly, DC type trip. It's not that far. Not that far, but still, Philly to DC is three hours away. Philly to DC is three hours away. Philly to New York, four hours away. If you're in the, it's like if you're in a bubble in New York, you go down to Philly. Yeah, I'd go okay, but that's still four hours. You had a you had a guy leave the bubble to go to Atlanta. You're in Orlando. You had a guy go to Atlanta. This is not Philly and Camden. Uh, well, this is not Philly. In, in, in fairness, he didn't go to Atlanta to go to the strip club. No, okay. He he attended a funeral. Mm-hmm. He just happened to go to the strip <laughs> club while he was there. On his, on his way home from the funeral, let me stop at the strip club and pick up some wings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Look. Uh, oh, okay. My, my point in bringing all of this up, uh-huh. these things seem like a lack of institutional control. Like, we all watched The Last Dance recently. Yes. And Dennis Rodman was probably the most uncontrollable player, or one of the most uncontrollable players mm-hmm. that the league is seen. But when he was with Chicago, they knew how to handle him to a point where mm. rather than go rogue, Dennis Rodman came to them and asked. He let them know what he needed. And they He's, dealt with it. He said, when hey. he needed time off to go to Vegas, he you know, like, okay. But it was it was a relationship. There was a discussion. He didn't just go rogue and say, mm. hey, I need some time off. I'm not showing up. But yeah. He went and had conversations. There was you know, a chain of command. Because the one thing you got from the one thing you got from that series is, yes, Dennis Rodman, he marched to the beat of his own drum. He wasn't somebody who had a lot of respect for authority, but he respected Phil Jackson. Mm-hmm. He respected Phil Jackson. He respected. He respected Phil Jackson, and even though even if there were times when he did not like Michael Jordan or Scottie Pippen. He respected, he respected Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, all right, maybe you know, I, I you know, look, you left the bubble to go to a funeral. I'm not gonna I'm you know I'm, I'm not gonna question that. I'm not gonna, you know, attack that, but okay, the strip cup wings though. But all right, now with all these things said about the Clippers, mm-hmm. What I don't want to do mm-hmm. is take away from what Denver did. Yes. They are an extremely oh, talented oh, oh, young yes, team. Yes, yes. What the surprise for me is I was talking to um James, the host of Lance J Show. Mm-hmm. He and I talk all the time, go back and forth. And 
we were talking about Denver when they were playing in the first round against Utah and how talented they were. Mm -hmm. The thing with Denver is, at this point, I think they're a year or two ahead of schedule as far as it achieving this, but I'm not surprised that they that their talent is able to get, reach this level. I just okay. surprised that they did it this quickly. Michael Porter's emergence, Jamal Murray showing up as a killer, Jokic is I'm going to say this and you're not going to like it. Mm -hmm. Jokic is the best center in basketball. Okay. Not the most talented, but, but the he plays he's the playing the best. Center. He's playing he plays the, the position of center better than anyone else in the NBA as a, plays I, that position I, right I, now. I feel like that is a decision. That is a call that we'll probably, and and as a fan, hopefully go back and forth on throughout their careers. Mm -hmm. But at like this said, point. He's not the most talented yeah. center in the league. He's that playing, guy's in Philly. But he's playing the best basketball. But he's playing the center position better than yes. anyone else in the yes. NBA right okay. now. Okay. Cannot, cannot, will not argue that point with you, especially not today. Not when you have a guy who's in the conference championship, a guy who now has a chance to play for a championship, and a guy who's been home from the bubble for a couple of weeks now, darn near a month. And I'm not going to sit I, here. Yeah. I'm not, I, I, I can't do that. At this point, I'm picking the Lakers. Again, that's more experience yeah. and the top end talent. The two the two best players in this series will both play for the LA. Mm -hmm. But I don't want anyone to think or expect this to be a cakewalk type series no. for the Lakers. No, no, not Den at all. Denver's coming to play and they're not scared of anyone. Denver's Denver's coming to play and they match up well. Oh, it's a, it's, it's a bad matchup for the Lakers. Yeah, they they match the, up well the positions if. Mm -hmm. of, the positions of strength for the for the Nuggets are actually positions of weakness for the Lakers. Mm -hmm. Like we just talked about Jokic. The one thing Anthony Davis does not like is the bang in the paint with real bigs. No. And they had to bring in a Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee. So you're going to need those guys to show up and give you quality minutes in this round. Yes. You're this, going yeah. to need every bit of playoff Rondo to deal with Jamal Murray in this series. Those guys are going to be key for the Lakers. Now, they do have those guys on the roster. Playoff Rondo has been doing his thing. We didn't see much of McGee and Howard last round because of that Houston matchup and how they the style of ball they play. Davis is actually able to get into deal with playing in the middle because he doesn't have big guys banging against them all game long. But mm -hmm. This is a different series, and I think it's going to be a tough fought. I think every game is going to be well, most games would be tight, down to the wire type of basketball. So and as, you give Denver any confidence, watch out. So as we get into this series, I give me someone on the Lakers, not name LeBron, not name AD, that you think will be a difference maker in this team. Give me Rondo. someone, Rondo. Oh, Rondo, absolutely. Because he's going to have the defensive assignment of dealing with Jamal Murray a lot. Mm -hmm. And he's he's the he's the X factor. His decision-making on the basketball court, his ability to take pressure off of LeBron by being able to handle the ball and make high-level decisions, knowing where to go with the ball. LeBron, this is pro he's probably the best teammate LeBron's ever had at doing that. Mm. LeBron's had some great teammates, yes. but at running an offense and setting up guys and 
putting everyone else in the right spot and decision making. Mm-hmm. Rondo is the best teammate LeBron's ever had at that aspect, where that would actually allow him to rest on offense, not not play hard, but when not, you have to be the primary ball handler on yeah. every possession, because that, he, that's taxing. Yeah, you you've seen that throughout LeBron's career. You've seen teams have to ro- teams that LeBron is on. You've seen them put. LeBron in this in the situation where he has to be the offense. Mm-hmm. You've seen it in Miami. You've seen it in Cleveland, and you you've seen it with the Lakers. That's what Rondo brings. Rondo brings exactly. that situation where it's like, okay, Rondo can get you buckets if you need him to. If you need him, to. if you need but, him to, but he, he but knows he's how to create buckets for everybody. Yes. When Rondo's on the team, when you got when you have guys on that team that can get buckets, that can actually get buckets, Rondo will put them in a position to get to those get buckets. Bucket. Exactly. exactly. Rondo's gonna put LeBron in the opportunity. Because I mean, we've seen situations where you've watched teams. Le- you've watched Miami, you've watched Cleveland, you've watched the Lakers rely on LeBron to not only get buckets, but to make sure yeah, everybody else, for everyone else. Yeah, create every you you've watched them ask LeBron, okay, all right, here are four and guys, go. And passes had to play great defense, trigger the offense, and get buckets all at the same time. Having Rondo out there takes some of that pressure off of LeBron. Yes. Because he is a good defender on the ball. And he's a great decision maker offensively. Agreed. So, the way I see it, I'm looking at the Lakers probably getting out, getting out of that series in six games. Lakers six tough games. Lakers in six is that was is that yeah. your prediction? That's my prediction for that. Lakers in six, six tough okay. games. Lakers All right. pull it up. All right. Okay. Okay. I believe it. Not not going to argue. In fact, honestly, I I would probably say the same thing. I probably say this. In fact, not even probably. Let me be a little more manly about this. Yes, Lakers in six. But, yeah, I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk. Oh, no, no. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised Denver wins game one. I wouldn't be surprised at all if no. Denver wins game I, one. I would think because, because I don't think Denver is the type of team. I, I, you talked about how young Denver is and how. They're too young to know they're not good enough to win. Yeah. So I think they're too young to get caught up in our in, to get caught up in the momentum of to to let the, the emotion of Game Seven, you know, come back to haunt them in Game One. No, I don't think Denver's. I think too Den- young for that. Yeah, Denver's too young for that. They're the ones that say, "Hey, we just went out there and we sent Kawhi Leonard home." Why can't we come out here and send LeBron home? They're playing with house money. We are not supposed to be in here anyway. What do we got to lose? Yes, yes. So definitely, definitely. Don't don't give this team any confidence. LeBron needs to come out focused, ready to go, and have his team ready to go with him. Because you want to try to do what you can to deal with this team as early as possible in this series. Okay. Don't let them go to another game seven. Okay. Before we walk away from this segment, I just want to get your quick. Your quick opinion, where do you put in the grand scheme of the grand hierarchy of the NBA? Where do you put Jamal? Where do you put Jamal Murray? Before the before the playoffs, he's a good player. Mm-hmm. But you hadn't really gotten a chance to see a 
all of his game the way you're seeing it on the big stage right now? Yes. Right now, you got to look at Jamal Murray and say he's uh, – and I don't think I've had time to actually rank this or anything, but just guessing off the top of my head, I guess he'd end up somewhere in my top 20 mm-hmm. and probably one of the top 10 guys I'd want in late game situations. Okay. You but put overall, it, probably I'd put him at top top 20 somewhere. Top tw- you, put him, you put him ahead of Dame Lillard. Yeah, right now. Right now, you put him ahead of Dame Lillard. Okay, because you remember, like going into the playoffs, Dame Lillard was the do- was the darling. That was the name love, on that was the name on everybody's tongue. Mm-hmm. But having been with that Portland team for so long, you're starting to see Dame develop some habits where he's looking to play hero ball mm. sometimes. Yeah, that's not conducive to winning. Maybe it's coaching, maybe it's team, but what I'm what I'm seeing from right now is Dame coming out looking for fifty every game. Mm. You're not going to win like that. Okay. All right. So look, we we will see. We will see. Real quick uh, thoughts. Uh, Eastern Conference. Everyone's talking about the the Western Conference second round. Eastern Conference Finals got underway. Mm-hmm. Heat jumped uh, jumped out to the Celtics. Heat jumped out. Uh, Let's take a quick break. We, we t- we'll talk about that on the other side. You we'll sure? Start the next segment. Yeah, let's start, start off the next segment with that. Take okay, all right. We will be we will be right back on on Jonesy and Brown. Well, he's Jonesy. I'm Brown. He's Brown. I, it, that is who we are. Remember, hit us up on social: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Jonesy and Brown. We got it all now. We've sat here. We we we've, we've half stepped on social media so you know so many times before. You know we, we sat there. We had a Twitter page. We didn't have Instagram. We weren't on Facebook. Now we are officially. It's official. Jonesy and Brown are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Jonesy and Brown. Hit us up. Slide in our DMs. We won't think. We we, we won't think less of you. Tell us what right, you think of the show. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back on Jonesy and Brown. We'll be right back, y'all. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. If you are a Philly sports fan looking for extensive coverage of your favorite local pro and college teams, go to TotalSportsLive.com. Total Sports Live is your one-stop shop for all the news you need to know in the Philadelphia sports scene. Be sure to follow Total Sports Live on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. When you need to know Philly sports, get to know TotalSportsLive.com. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. I couldn't speak or walk. This is high blood pressure. Get back on your plan. Go to loweryourhbp.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. Both you are crazy. Well, Mike Jones 
and y'all fine. Alright, y'all, we are back. Man, help talk a little basketball, a lot of basketball in first segment. We got deep into the Clippers and their issues. Mm-hmm. But the Eastern Conference Finals are underway as well. Game one happened Tuesday night. Overtime game. Yes. And while this series might not have the star power that some people want, mm-hmm. I guarantee you, you will see very, very good basketball. Yes. These are two teams that We've play seen... good team basketball. That was a good game one. It was. That was a good game one. I mean, yeah, it's like a game one will never garner the excitement or will never have the juice of a game seven. But that was as good of a game one as you're going to get. That wasn't, you know, that that was a a, a game one decided in overtime. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't necessarily it wasn't necessarily a sloppy game. It's not one of those games where sloppy play led to a uh led to an overtime. That was still a decent game. It's just you know you, you're not gonna you people aren't gonna have a lot to say about a game one when there was a game seven the yeah, same night. But now this this series you got two tough minded teams. Mm-hmm. They they share the ball. You have guys that step up and make big plays. Tatum is a rising star in this league. Mm-hmm. And for whatever people want to say about Jimmy Butler, he's one of the toughest competitors there is in the oh, league yeah. right now. Yeah. In fact, the only yeah. people that have something he's to say. He's got that dog in him. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Only people that got something to say about him is people in Philly because they don't they don't like the fact that he's gone. <laughs> people in Philly miss him. They see Jimmy Butler with an opportunity to play for an, for an NBA championship. They see Jimmy Butler up a game in the Eastern Conference Finals. So, like, yeah, Jimmy and Butler's no slouch. You drafted and Tatum, but you took Foles. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah. battling against him. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we're not happy about this series in Philly. Oh, yeah. If you're, you're, if you're in Philly, you're pretty salty. This is a, this is a salty series right here. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as, I promise you, yeah. you will see a lot of good basketball. These are two well-coached teams. Mm-hmm. They execute on both ends of the floor. They play good defense. They, they play good offenses. You're going to get good basketball. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So real quick, because we because you know that's that's a series that just got underway. We got one game under. Are you surprised that Miami was able to pull it out in game one? Not at all. I this is a series that with two pretty evenly matched teams that. It could go either way. Mm-hmm. I I was more impressed mm-hmm. with Miami's fight and the fact that they didn't quit a couple times. They were down five, mm-hmm. down something like that, and they kept they kept fighting back. Tyler Hero's continued ability to make yes. shots in big moments yes. continues to impress me. That's a good point. Real quick, uh, shout out to my man, Grin. Grin said after his game one performance, is Tyler Hero an efficient role player, uh, an efficient role player or a rising star? What's your thoughts? He's currently a very efficient role player, but he has the potential to become a star in this league. A couple things, like he's not scared of the big shot. He's mm-hmm. got the versatility in his game. There are a couple things he has to work on to become a star. But he's 
He's got star potential. I'll yeah. give him that. Definitely, definitely. Shout out to you, Grin. Remember, we do, we do record this show. And we do the webcast live every week on Facebook. Check us out. We ain't oh, got yeah, a set. You got, we, yeah. you got questions, feel free to send them our way. We'll try to answer you. Definitely, definitely, definitely. All right, let's pivot real quick because we wanted to spend this second uh, this second segment talking college football because – the announcement was made this week. Uh, the announcement was made actually on Wednesday that the Big Ten was jumping back into football. Big Ten had originally said that they weren't going to play football this season. Now it looks like there's going to be an eight-game season, uh, completely all-conference all games. All-conference schedule, yeah. So I'm a little torn because I, on one hand, I'm happy to see football back. But on the other hand, I am somebody who feels like, look, I don't want to see football back if it means exposing exposing people to COVID nineteen. Right. You know, and, and that, that that that's something that bothers me. But they they see right. you know I got some questions for you, JV. Go ahead. Here all right. Who was this year's number one NFL pick? This year's number uh um what is it uh bull from LSU uh mm-hmm. quarterback Joe Burrow Cincinnati now Joe Burrow yep where do you think he would have been if he didn't play last season in college if he just based it off his previous career you think he's number one overall pick Joe Burrow in the case of Joe Burrow no you think he's a top ten pick top ten Pro- probably not you think okay first round. First round, maybe borderline, mm-hmm. but that performance he put up at LSU his last year of, in, in college, nobody saw that coming the way he did. Everybody's looking at Trevor Lawrence, waiting on mm-hmm. him, and yep. some other guys. Okay, but Joe Burrow made himself millions of dollars in that one college season. He, he technically didn't get paid, but he earned himself millions. He didn't get paid, but he got paid. He got paid. Okay. Like the difference between being the number one overall pit and being a second or third, fourth round pit, mm-hmm. you know, Carson Wentz probably made as much money in the last year of his, his of his rookie contract as Dak Prescott got his whole his entire rookie contract. That's the difference between being a top for, top of the first round pick and being a guy who goes in one of those later rounds. Okay. So the idea that these guys, these kids have nothing to gain by playing doesn't make sense to me. I yes, wouldn't say. Yeah. Oh, I'm no, sorry. Go ahead. Yes, they are taking a risk, but a lot of people look at it like, "Well, there's no reason to play. There's nothing to gain. They're not being paid for it. They're amateurs. What are they doing?" Mm-hmm. These guys have reason to play. I absolutely would not say that there's no reason to play. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say there's no reason to play. But I feel like, like, honestly, and I, I will be real because, you know, you and I, once again, we talk about being human. We talk about the fact that we're not paid an analyst, you know, analysts. So I will admit that my my opinion on this has changed. When, when the, when the debate about whether or not college sports should return. When that was when that a couple of months ago, my take was if you're not going to bring the students back, how are you going to bring the athletes back? 
You know, like, how are you going to bring, how are you going to tell, how are schools that are telling students to stay home saying Mm -hmm. it's cool for football players to come back? And I, 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 hold, hold, hold on. Okay. I, Mm -hmm. I, I will admit that since then, my, my take on it has evolved a little bit and I have changed. Whereas I think, okay, if you're going to bring the football players back, bringing them back to an empty campus might be the best thing for them. Mm-hmm. You know, that might that actually might be the safest thing uh, for them. An empty campus actually and, almost functions like a bubble for yes, these kids. Yes, if exactly. bringing them yes. back to an empty campus. Yes, yes. That's, that's how I feel now. Where it's like, okay, all right, if, all this, if the student body is home, and you're you're going to bring your football team back. And also to further that point, to me, I feel like, okay, let's let's do away with let's do away with some some unwritten rules. All right? You're bringing like football is for most schools. Football is a money maker. Football Absolutely. makes the Definitely school for anybody in a Power 5 conference yes. like the Big 10. So let's let's we let off discussing when they we start with this yeah, conversation. Let, let, Big let, money maker. Yeah, let's stop dancing around that. Okay. Mm-hmm. This isn't about you know. But, there 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 are many people who feel like hey you know what let the kids play the kids want to play give them their freedom to play whatever oh, oh okay you, you know what that's great that's cool but if that was the case if you're saying you're bringing them back for th- those reasons then that would. Let, let's stop dancing around the issue as to why you're bringing the football team back when you're not bringing the cross-country team back. You know? Money. Yeah. But, no. but, let's, be, but let's be honest about this. I mean, okay. it's absolute, the motivation for the schools mm-hmm. is absolutely money. Yes. But there are a couple things, and I, you, you won't hear me say this often, mm-hmm. but there are a couple things that NCAA and college sports have done that actually make me feel good about their approach to how they're doing this. One, the NCAA approved a universal waiver. Okay. So any player who decides they don't want to play this year, opt out, whatever, you you lose no eligibility. And, that, and that's a good thing. This, and the second thing is, they actually the schools didn't show up and say we're playing football, you have to play, or or else. Agree. So you so you you make it a true choice for the players. You remember being a young man, eighteen to twenty-two or so years old or so. It's a long time ago, <laughs> but but I but I feel you. How would you have felt? You're training for whatever you've been dropped the, the sport you've spent the last ten, twelve years. You know, from mm-hmm. pee wee sports up, dedicating your life hours every day, missing parties mm-hmm. and not hanging out with your friends, having to go to bed early so you can get up for those early practices and you're wiped out and wear a tear on your body that somebody tells you, yeah, we're shutting it down. You don't even have any say in it. And hmm, it might cost you millions. It might not. We don't know. But you have no say in it. How would you have felt about that? No, I'd have been mad. I'd exactly. have been mad. It's like, I, I don't, I don't begrudge players or players families for for wanting to play and that's the thing if you want to play or you decide you don't want to play you want to opt out 
as long as they make it a true choice yes. for the individuals, which I think they have actually yeah. done, I'm good with playing. Let's play. But in in the end, it's like okay, let's let's stop dancing around the fact that let's let's stop dancing around the money aspect. Like this is for money because mm-hmm. it's like look because the oh, fact that absolutely it, for money. Yeah, because but, but and, when we say it's for money, let's realize one thing though: with these schools, a lot of these schools, football generates. Football specifically generates so much income, it covers scholarships for all of your other smaller sports. Your, Agree. Agree. Your, your fencing team mm-hmm. and your golf yeah. team and your swimming team and your wrestling team and all these other sports that don't make money. Mm-hmm. These kids are there on scholarship in college because, because of the of money the that football, football made. But but then again, your, your I guess, buildings, your science programs, yeah. all the equipment, supplies they get, your meds, like all these, your pre med students, your pre law students, all these kids benefit from the money, money that football that makes. Your football injury. Agreed. So when we talk about not just saying, oh, this coach made ten million dollars, he's greedy. This money is going being spread to a lot of places. Agree. That, Agree. Uh, that, that does a lot of good for a lot of people. Agree, but uh, but that also, but I think that also speaks to the point because it's like, all right, you know what? Hey, man, the fencing team ain't making that type of money. Golf team ain't making that type of money. Mm-hmm. Cross country team ain't making that type of money. Girls soccer team ain't making that type of money. The you know the cross country team ain't making that type of money, so it's like okay, here's a situation where it's you're right. The money that is generated from football, there's in so many cases the money generated from football can be spread is so great that it can be spread around to a multitude of resources. Mm-hmm. But it's like okay, let's let's acknowledge that. Don't just make this about, hey, we're giving kids who wanted to play an opportunity to play. Because, yes, yes, you're doing that. But let's if it was a situation where, you know, football was somehow generating the same type of money that cross-country makes, if a team wanted to sit out, if a school wanted to sit out, they'd be sitting out. Mm-hmm. So, to me, it's like, okay, now that you have schools where they have sent the student body home, Student body is home and you can bring the football team back and the football team can operate in a system that will generate the school money and you can keep students safe. Mm -hmm. That's what's most important to me. To me, like if you can keep the situation safe, because like to me, what I have to ask a question. Okay, go ahead. We're talking about keep the students safe. And that absolutely should be a priority. So okay. Let's, I'm being clear. Keep, safety should be a priority. Safety first. Okay. But at what point do we look at these students and say, these are young adults, not kids. Mm. They should have some say in it. I believe that they, they If sh- they decide mm. they want to take the risk, these are young adults. They could take risks going to war. Mm-hmm. Why can't they take risks to make to try to make bet on themselves playing football? I guess if that is the situation, I guess if to me, if that, that is the situation and that introduces the debate of amateur versus professionalism. But that, that's for me is what, that's why I'm, I'm not even going with the amateur versus pro. I'm just looking at the point with these, these are actually young adults. Mm-hmm. They legally have rights and should have a choice in the matter. Mm-hmm. 
I just didn't like the decision being made for them without them having a voice. I mean, but th- but then again, that's I mean, that's we we that's I mean, that's the world we live in. You know, places that we want to work make rules for us. Mm-hmm. So we can't sit here and say, hey, you know what? I mean, because the choice right. is like, if I don't like the rules that my job has made for me, the choice is, hey, man, if I want to, if I want to stay employed by this place. But if you generated the type of money for your job that Ohio State football generates for that university, mm-hmm. you'd get a choice. I would get a choice because I, I mean, honestly, and 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 I'm not trying to go this far down down the tangent, but we we talk, you know, we've talked about before, like in professionalism especially with so many team so many professional sports teams taking these social stances. Mm-hmm. And we talk about how players are directly responsible for making owners millions. So therefore that's why they have the say that you and I might you and I might not have at our jobs. So I mean honestly okay that's something that you work into it. You if you want to say yes that gives them more that that gives them more say. Okay. I mean, I feel you. I mean, that's I mean that you know that's the way of America. We but we know that if if you're a million dollar generator, you get more more say than the thousand dollar generator, mm-hmm. and he gets more say than the ten dollar generator. Yeah. That's just how it works. <laughs> and that's where you find Jonesy and Brown right now. The, the ten dollar <laughs> generators. That's that's what. <laughs> Shout out to my man Reem. Reem said the problem is players are disposable. You're absolutely right, especially in college. Mm-hmm. Especially I mean, in college, football. you're probably you're probably more in disposable in college football. In the, per- in the perfect world, NFL players are disposable. Yes, and the NFL has done, and football in general as a sport, unlike basketball, specifically baseball to some extent, mm-hmm. has done a great job of making sure the name on the front of the jersey always matters more than the name on the back of the jersey. Yes, they market teams. They don't market. They rarely market players. Yes. Rarely. You have to be a superstar player for the team to push you yes. even close to as much as they push the team name. Yeah, you gotta be a you, team. You gotta be a Brady, a Breeze, Mahomes. Uh, uh, Mahomes. If yeah. you're not one of them, yeah. it's all it's you know, it's about the team, it's about yeah. the Chiefs, it's yeah. about the Patriots, it's mm-hmm. about the Seahawks, it's mm-hmm. about, you know, the front of the jersey. And them keeping it that way means they can trade whoever they want. You're still a fan of the team. You weren't mm-hmm. A Tom Brady fan, you're a Patriots fan. Exactly. You know, especially they not. can they can cut whoever they want. You know, you're not a you're not a To fan. You're an Eagles fan. Mm-hmm. They cut them. You're still an Eagles fan. Mm-hmm. All right, Reem said every player is disposable though. If, if LeBron oh. died, they commercialize somebody else. You're absolutely right. I, I mean, absolutely right. Mm-hmm. But basketball, the way they market the sport. If LeBron disappeared tomorrow, you might see a dip in ratings for a little while. Mm-hmm. Like if LeBron in his prime just said, you know what, I'm not playing. We'd look at it and say, you're not getting the best product. The best players in the world aren't playing. And there might be a dip in interest, kind of mm-hmm. similar to what happened when Mike left the game for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, like they needed was- they needed to find a start. Like, 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 uh, you know, take, take the, the, unfortunate details of the death of Kobe Bryant. Kobe mm-hmm. Bryant died when he was retired. So right. the situation's a little bit different. God, you know, you know, God forbid if, if something like that had happened while Kobe was an active player, 
where in his prime he was taken away from us. But, you know, but to your point, like, like when Jordan retired the first time, you were still trying to find that star that would replace him. You didn't know if Barkley was gonna was going to carry the and, league. You didn't know definitely when he retired from the Bulls the second time. Exactly, you had to find that star. The NBA wasn't ready to hand the league over to Allen Iverson. Hmm. They weren't ready to. They, in fact, Kobe had won a, had won a ring or two at that point. Do you remember what year Jordan retired finally? When he retired from the Wizards, not the Bulls. From the Wizards? Yes. Oh, one, maybe, oh, two. Oh, one, oh, two. Okay. You had Shaq. You had Kobe. But you still, you know, they they weren't necessarily, you, you still Let's weren't see. sold on them. Because January 1st, 2001, I saw Mike play for the Wizards in D.C. Okay. I was at that New Year's Eve, New Year's mm-hmm. Eve game. So, yeah. Shout out, Reem said it was 03. Yeah, it was, so yeah, Mike was older at that point. That mm-hmm. the but even at that point, the league is looking for it. NBA is looking for its next star, its next next big thing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of fans, even on some level subconsciously, uh, the game's not the same. Nobody's you know not as good right now. Mm-hmm. Football doesn't go through that issue. No, you leave football. Who's next? We're not looking for the next star. We're looking for the next great team. Exactly. If it's not the Patriots anymore, oh well, who is it? Is it the Saints? Is it the Seahawks? Is it the Chiefs? Nobody's Who's the next great Nobody stopped watching the Patriots because Tom Brady left. They just started watching the Bucks more. That's that's what happened. You know, the Bu- the Bucks generated more interest. The Patriots didn't necessarily generate less interest. You know, right. because the show must go on because it's about the team. Mm-hmm. It's it's about the team, you know, and, and it like like even then you remember. Let's go back a couple of years when Tom Brady got hurt with the uh, Patriots. We talked about it last week. You were watching the Patriots to see what Matt Castle could do. Mm-hmm. You were seeing, you know, that's the you know that's the interest. That you know that's the interest, but you know to the point that you were. To the point that you were making, whereas the NFL and maybe Major League Baseball, to a lesser extent, makes it about the team more than the individual player, whereas basketball promotes both. But it's more it's they promote both, but it's still more the individual player than the team. Yeah, and that was a change that specifically happened around Jordan's prime area era, they realized that superstar player could generate that kind of income in basketball. Yeah. That superstar so, player, that superstar player is going to sell jerseys. That's going to sell out arenas. You know, it's, it's going to make you money. And you, I feel like that's something that you saw, you know, that, that is something that kind of, that, that kind of manifested in the first post Jordan era. Whereas yeah. owners were starting to see that, hey, you know what? Championships don't necessarily make you money. Selling a jersey. Se- selling a jersey, get, selling get out arenas. That, yes, that makes gig. you money. So if you have mm-hmm. yeah, if you have a player that's going to sell a whole bunch of jerseys, sell out your arena every night, you know, you're good. But, 
You don't necessarily need a team to win a championship. What do you care if they win a championship? You you got you got a golden goose that's making you money. Exactly. But with the NFL, it's I don't care who leaves. Give me the next guy mm-hmm. and we're gonna keep it moving. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely. But even that so now you have teams coming back, you like you said, the Big Ten's coming back. Are you on board with the the decision to come back? I am. I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people have feelings, oh, it's not worth it, these things and the other. But I think by at this point, at the time where they're making the decision, we've heard enough of the information where you should, the players should be informed mm-hmm. at this point. They should have had time to give thought to their decision making. Mm-hmm. And if they decide to play, that's their choice. I'm good. I'm good with it as long as it was a true choice for the players, not oh you sit out, you lose your eligibility, and your career is messed up. They yeah. give them the players to have that option to not lose eligibility if they sit out this year. Allowed it to be a true choice in my mind, and because of that, I'm good with it. I I hear what you're saying, but there there are things that. There are things that give me an uneasy feeling. You're thinking of them as students and kids. No, not not necessarily. Not not necessarily students, students and kids, because yes, you know what? They're they're they are young adults, and you know, well, I'll I'll put it to you like this. You know, when we get into it with when we get into it with certain fans, you know, fans that might agree, might disagree with what we say. What is your assessment? What do you say about some about some people who come up with, with with who come at us, the two of us, with your Twitter hot takes and certain you I know? Mean, you know, I never care so what disagrees with me. No, no, so but like, but I understand. But you, you there, there's something that you you normally say. You say it about people. What people are? People are dumb. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like, yeah, you know what? I I understand the nature of. But people being dumb shouldn't take away their shouldn't negate their choice. You okay. should have the right to choose to be dumb. Okay. No, no, I understand that. But it's like, okay, you want pe- you know, people are going to be people, and people, and you know, they're, they're dumb people out there. Mm-hmm. You know, because they have, they have the right to be dumb. Because right now, what what, what jumps out to me is the story coming out of LSU. Story coming out of LSU almost where the whole team where, where he says the whole where he says almost his whole team has COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And the coach said basically, "Hey, I thought it was like the ki- the chicken pox where, you know, you get it and I mean that is actually a a theory that's been floating about immunity, which is it's a reasonable assumption with the way the body's immune system works and most diseases work that you'll have some sort of immunity after mm. being exposed to it. That being said, it's too soon to really know for sure whether I, or not that theory works. Mm. But what what did interest me about that and mm. why I found that part, part of the interesting, that part of the article I was reading interesting, mm-hmm. was there's a little side note in the way the SEC is running things. If you've been diagnosed with covid do your quarantine and come back. Once you're given the clear, you don't have to be tested again for 90 days. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they're mo- the majority of their team has it now, LSU can stop testing during the season. Mm-hmm. 
essentially. They have no reason to lose any players during the season now. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like the herd immunity thing is good for the team for that at that standpoint. That was the detail that caught my mind about hearing that story. Yeah. It's that little caveat that you don't have to test anymore. Yeah, and I, I think as as you said, it this the way this is going the way this is being handled puts the onus on the individual to be smart about how they handle it. Mm-hmm. And, and but you know what I would say? Individuals can be smart. There are, yes, yes. Are people, dumb. Yeah, yeah. Individuals can be smart. People are dumb. And yeah. it's like for me and, and 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 thank the Lord I'm in a situation where th- th- this is not my reality today. Because at this point you're allowing people to make individual decisions. Mm-hmm. Of course there's pressure from the team, your teammates, oh you show it up, you play. But, you know, yeah. if you can't handle that. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how bad I feel for you if you can't handle a little peer pressure. Yeah. Uh shout out to uh real quick, shout out one more time, shout out to Reem. He said, I don't think most people care. You're absolutely right. People don't care because it's not their child. You know, it's not their son. You're absolutely right. People don't care when it's, you know, if, if we have learned one thing over, you know, over the last few years and granted, this could be true about society as a whole, the whole time, you know, people don't care about issues when they don't identify with them. You know, it's not just son sitting there. It's not just son with COVID. You know, what do you care? I want to be entertained. I don't care if that kid has COVID. What do I care if half the LSU team has COVID? My son ain't on that team. You know, so, yeah, I, I granted, I, I got it. You know, I, I, I get it. To me, I, I that left an uneasy feeling. But in the end, you know, like you said, people should have their choice. If you have their choice, all right. You know, if, if, if you have your choice, you choose to play and you get it, I guess it's, you know, in the end, it's on you. Mm-hmm. In the end, it's on you. But, you know, you tell me what you think. Hit us up Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You heard us say it before. We're finally on all forms of social media. We did it, y'all. We now have a Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter page. Make sure you follow Jonesy and Brown because my name is John Brown. Over there, from his crib, from from the Jones cave, is Mike Jones. I, hey, real quick before we take a quick break. I heard back in the day they ain't want you. Is that true? If you go way back, back then, like back, they ain't want me back. Like like back in the day when you was rocking a do rag with a with a headband over top, and you was wearing a big ass, a, a, a real big white t-shirt with a velour sweatsuit. I heard back then they ain't want you. Uh, I don't remember them then. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm sure there are pictures out there. But now that you've traded all that and you got the fitted suit, you know, you looking good, you know, you, you, you're dressing now real I'm professional. Hot. Now you hot. What happens now? All of them? All of them. 
All right. Hey, look, we're going to take a real quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to wrap things up with some NFL talk because we have not talked pro football yet. All right. So we will be right back on the Jonesy and Brown show. Don't go anywhere. All right. Please don't go anywhere. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com slash B-I-T-W Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. If you are a Philly sports fan looking for extensive coverage of your favorite local pro and college teams, go to TotalSportsLive.com. Total Sports Live is your one-stop shop for all the news you need to know in the Philadelphia sports scene. Be sure to follow Total Sports Live on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. When you need to know Philly sports, get to know TotalSportsLive.com. When it comes to parenting, there are no perfect answers. But that's okay, because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on adoption, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. Work. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. Both you are crazy. crazy. Both Mike Jones and John Brown. Alright, y'all. So we are back. Segment three. Talk to NBA. Talk a little college football. Oh, yeah. Now, now we gotta get... Do we have to? We have to. Gotta do it. Do, do you know we? the NFL is king. We gotta do it. Do we have to? So, I, I know you're a little disheartened after what happened to our birds in week one. Disheartened? But, there are reinforcements coming. I mean, let's, let's, let's be real. Are Philly fans ever disheartened? Like, that just seems like too okay, pedestrian no, a term. Uh, it's true. They're not disheartened. They're just mad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Philly fans ain't disheartened. We ain't disheartened over that week one loss to the Washington football team. No, nah, you're just mad. It's yeah, we're, yeah, right. we're absolutely... We're angry. We, we are absolutely angry. We are angry at the fact that the Philadelphia Eagles jumped out to a 17-point lead. And let me tell you something about that game. I'm glad that I have this week to vent. And, you know, I, I talked about this on our sister podcast, Green Over Everything. I talked about it with Javon off. Shout out to him. I said, one of the things that stood out to me, and it, it it's small, but it stood out to me, that mm-hmm. coming back from halftime, Pam Oliver was doing her report. And she said that Doug Peterson said to her that he didn't think that the team needed to make many adjustments. He liked the way the team was playing. And you, and I understand that there might be people listening to this podcast. So they don't see your face right now. They don't see what you just did. But what you just did, you closed your eyes, you put your head down. That's exactly what I did. 
We were up 17-7 to at the time. And when Pam Oliver said, and I'm sitting here to myself, and, 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 and let me be honest. I'm sitting here because I feel like there's part of me, because I've been in these conversations before, and I didn't say anything publicly at the time because people are going to say, why are you putting so much into the television sideline reporter's report? It's not so much her report as it is the words coming from your head coach. Yes. Like, sideline reporters can report a lot of stuff that's irrelevant to the game or not, but when your coach says certain things, it was almost like when Doc Rivers says, yeah, I don't need to make a motivational speech. Nah, dog, you need to keep your team motivated. Yeah. That's your job. Yeah. That's your job. You, keep the team motivated. You look at how that first half ended in the Philly-Washington game. There was a ret- there was a turnover that mm-hmm. led to a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Washington seventeen nothing with under two minutes to go, I believe. Yes, you turn the ball over, they score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Momentum is in Washington's favor. Washington has momentum. What do you mean you don't need to make any adjustments? What are you talking about? You're not up thirty-seven yeah, tur- to seven. A turnover and a, giving up a touchdown going into the half. There are definitely things we need to fix. There, yes. But I'm gonna tell you what I saw. Okay. There was something I saw that game that, it, how can I say that? That caught my attention. Okay. First half, I believe it was the second quarter. Carson Wentz connected on a deep ball with the rookie Jalen Reagan. Mm-hmm. 55 yards, 54 yards or so downfield. Big mm-hmm. play. Beautiful deep ball throw. Nice over the shoulder track the ball. Bring it in by the rookie. Good catch. Mm-hmm. After that, well, let's see. Prior to that, Carson went, seemed to be trying to get the ball out of his hands, take what was there, use his tight end, use the short throws, use the middle of the field. We're just going to get the ball downfield to do what we do. After that, once he had success on the deep ball, it seemed like he was almost searching for the big plays again. Mm-hmm. Like he was looking like the tight ends and the underneath stuff was no longer an option. I'm just looking for the deep, the big play now. You saw him take multiple shots to Rager, a couple Jackson downfield, almost on consecutive plays. And it was like that taste of success with Rager was almost a poison pill for Carson in that game. Because mm. now he's back to holding the ball, looking to, oh, if I just shake off this one sack, yeah, I can get it downfield now. Mm-hmm. Like, nah, just play the game, Carson. Carson has a little bit of hero in him. Yes. Like it or not, as talented as he is, as all the positive attributes, all the positive things you could say about Carson, that is the one thing that you could point to and say, yeah, but he does have a little bit of that hero in him where he'll hold the ball longer than he should, thinking I can make this big play. And it's great to have the confidence, but you can't do it all yourself in football. you got to know when to get rid of it, when to use your teammates, What take just take what the defense gives you, get the yards and keep it moving. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care if it takes you 15 plays or two plays to get a touchdown. If the drive ends with a touchdown or the drive ends with points, that's success. Carson seemed to be searching for that big play after 
he had the connection with Rager in the second quarter. And when that happened, you saw almost an immediate decline in the offensive production from what it was early in the game to from that point on. No, I, At I, that I, point, I when you know you don't have a running game and the defense knows this guy's about to sit back and try to t- take shots downfield, your offensive line is as decimated as he is. Wentz is a, is a sitting duck back there. And he's Get a, that ball yeah. out quick. You work your screens, work your your stuff, your slants, your quick outs, your running backs in the flat, that type of stuff. Make the defense commit. Make it come up. And then you can you bake them, then you can use your speed again, be a little more judicious with your shots downfield. I can't do it first down, second down, third down, and think that's going to be successful. No, I so agree. No, I, That was a trend I noticed during that Eagles game week one that bothered me probably the most. The offensive line I could look at and be like, well, they were, we're missing three projected starters and the guy and then Driscoll who started it right tackle, I believe, he ended up going down as well, so mm-hmm. you're missing now four offensive linemen? That's a bad situation. Mm-hmm. You're missing your starting running back? That's a bad situation. I don't know what was going on with the receiver rotation. It was Sean Payton played 50-some percent of the snaps. That's not enough. So... There are multiple things you could point at in the Eagles game mm-hmm. and say, yeah, this was a problem, that was a problem. But for me, Carson starting to almost search for the deep pass rather than take what was there was the one thing that probably stood out to me the most. The one thing I had talked about, and before before we pivot to the rest of uh, week one and preview a little bit of uh, – week two i felt like people there there is a debate in philly of where they put carson wentz on the hierarchy of quarterbacks in the league mm-hmm. there's no question there's absolutely no doubt carson wentz is not on the same level of as a patrick mahomes or a lamar jackson no, you know, uh, let's be. Let's, if you're talking talent, sheer ability, things a guy is able to do on the field, Carson mm-hmm. can hang with the best of them. Yes, his arm is just as strong. He's just as mobile. Well, not as Lamar Jackson, but as a Mahomes or Mo- he's just mm-hmm. as mobile. He can make all the throws, but it's something in the decision making process that if you look at a guy like Mahomes or Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not there. It hasn't no. all, it hasn't seemed to all come together since the ACL injury. No, no. And I guess the thing is, it's like, yeah, we all know potential. And at this point, the the conversation about potential is even getting smaller and smaller because now you know Carson Wentz has been in the league four or five years now, but. We know Carson Wentz is not on the Mahomes level. We know Carson Wentz is not on the Lamar Jackson level. But it's like, okay, where is he? And after that week one game, you know, you're going to have a hard time selling people that he's on that second or maybe even third tier of quarterbacks in the league. 
So he definitely, he's somebody who definitely could use some bounce back, but I'm not quite sure if that's going to happen because they go into week two now with Aaron Donald on the, on the other sideline. So yes, yes, you know what? It's a good thing that the Eagles are going to get Lane Johnson back. Mm-hmm. That is a that is definitely a good thing, and hopefully they will get Miles, Miles Sanders, Sanders back, back as well. well. But still, he's got a hard, you know, that's a hard hill to climb. As far as for Carson Wentz fans to be able to sell us on what Carson Wentz is and where he lies as far as NFL quarterbacks right now. Now, real quick, because we are we're we're up against time. What uh what other games did you watch this weekend? You, I, you, of course, you watched Philly and Washington. Mm-hmm. What other games did you watch? I know there was Tampa Bay well, and New Orleans. I absolutely watched every minute of that game. I, red zone didn't happen for me on Sunday. No I, red after zone. The, mm-hmm. After the Eagles happened, I tuned in, locked into that Saints Tampa Bay game. That ha- that one had my interest. Okay. For multiple reasons, both quarterbacks. Showed some signs of their age. I also think in Tampa Bay, you saw signs of it being a lot of new personnel on the roster. I expect them to clean up a lot of things Mm -hmm. as the season goes. But it was, I won't call it a bad performance from Tom Brady, but he absolutely could have been better. Could have been, yeah. The two picks, especially the um the pick six, not pretty. One of the picks wasn't Brady's fault, mm-hmm. but he still threw it. It goes on his stats. The other one was absolutely his fault. But that Tampa Bay game, the other thing that actually surprised me, maybe it was because of the how late he was added to the roster. And time, need time to learn the playbook and things like that. But I was surprised you saw as much Ronald Jones and his little Leonard Fournette as you did. Yeah, I expected to see more Fournette than I did that game. I I feel like er, early on in this season, and it it might it's something that could prop that will probably change as the mm-hmm. season goes on. But I feel like I'm surprised with the lack of respect put on the name of Leonard Fournette. You know, it, it was well, one. It, it, well, here, let me let, let me make the point because I, I I do want, I want to hear your opinion because it's one thing. I just like, have one word. Hmm? I only have one word for, what's up? for that. What's up? Jacksonville. But th- but that's just it. It's like okay, Jacksonville had him. And they couldn't find any takers for him. They cut Leonard Fournette, mm-hmm. and to me that that that's surprising. And then you come into this week, and it's like, okay, you. I understand it's Tom Brady. I understand that you're now lining up the goat at quarterback if you're Tampa Bay. But to me, I feel like he's what forty three, forty two, forty three years old. If there was ever a situation where you want to ease him into the game, you have a you have a workhorse running back. Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette is, is is a is, is a between the tackles, run the ball down your throat type of guy. Mm-hmm. 
if there was a game, if there was a situation that called for that, it's like, okay, here, let's put this on Leonard Fournette and let's ease Tom Brady into this situation. Mm-hmm. I, I agree completely, which is why I started out saying that that was my biggest surprise in that game was yeah. I expected to see more Fournette. Mm-hmm. I thought, now, granted, with the multitude of weapons you have in the passing game down mm-hmm. there in Tampa Bay, there are guys that want the ball. Bruce Arians being the type of guy he is, he's going to want to push it down the field, spread the ball around. Mm-hmm. But I absolutely expected to see more out of Leonard Fournette, more carries, even if even if that meant less Ronald Jones, not just less Pat. If you t- if you take his Fournette's touches from Ronald Jones rather than the passing game. I still expected to see more out of Fournette that game. And I think we will going forward as the season progresses, as he learns the play calls, he learns Tom Brady and where you could, you know, he, and that's the thing with Tom Brady. He's not a mobile quarterback. His mm-hmm. escapability is limited. So you do need your running back to be able to pick up blitzes and understand all of those things in the passing game, not just t- take the handoff, run up the middle. There's more, and with a quarterback who's a statue in the pocket, mm-hmm. your running back has to absolutely understand the playbook and, the, and those type of things to be a full functioning part of the offense. So I get there that there are some limitations, but I thought we'd see more. All right, I, I got and it. I think we will see more going forward. All right, moving forward real quick. Uh, week two. Probably the big mm-hmm. game that jumps out at me. You got New England and Cam Newton, who once again, I would, I just want to, re- I, I just want to piggyback off what I said with you guys last week with you and and Matt. I don't understand how people actually thought Cam Newton was just was was garbage. Cam Newton looked good. Mm-hmm. Cam Newton looked uh, good. But you remember me? I think we said they still have the best coach and the best quarterback in that division. In that division, well, you got New England flying out west Sunday night to play Seattle. That's probably the best game on the uh, on the schedule. Also, expect, you got expect Seattle to win that by ten. You think? Okay. You also got Baltimore at Houston. Houston looking to bounce back. You know, did, didn't necessarily uh, look good. A rough start to this season. Yeah. They had Kansas City in week one. And now they now got, got Baltimore. Baltimore. They're about to get blown out again. Houston. They're going to lose this one by at least two touchdowns. You think so? Mm-hmm. All right, real quick. Also, our Philadelphia Eagles at home. We got Washington. Excuse me. Got the Rams. We got the Rams coming, uh, coming out east. Coming east. Mm-hmm. What Lane, time does that game start? One o'clock. One o'clock game. That's a bad game for the Rams. Traveling cross-country for the early game is never a good sign for a team. And the Rams, as much as people are high on the coach and all the other stuff, eh, yeah. they have a couple real studs on their defense. Mm-hmm. So the Eagles are absolutely going to need to shore up their offensive line play this week in order to deal with Aaron Donald and and company. Mm-hmm. But I don't see a reason why the Eagles should lose this game. Got you. Got you. I'm not, they should win this game. I I think the Eagles four, win by four. Four points. Four points. Okay, all right. You ain't say, you're calling for a blowout right here. You're, you're not saying no. 28. <laughs> 28 no, nothing. I'm not saying that. 
Okay, they win by four points. Okay, I got you. I got you. I got you. All right, once again, tell us what you think. Hit us up on social media. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Jonesy and Brown. All right, we're here, y'all. Remember, you can download this podcast wherever you get your local podcast, wherever you get your favorite podcast. We're everywhere, man. We on SoundCloud. We on iTunes or Apple. We're on Google, iHeart. We even on Spotify, and we're on Anchor, y'all. You can hang out with your boys, Jonesy and Brown. My name is Brown. A.K.A. John Brown. That's my partner, Jonesy, A.K.A. Mike Jones. Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. Not not Mike Jones. Uh, not not Mike Jones. He used to hang out with Paul Wall and uh, Slim Thug. Not the rapper. Not, not the football player that made the game save a tackle for the Rams. No. Against the Titans in the Super Bowl. No. None of them dudes. None of those dudes. <laughs> Not, not them. But still, none, them. nonetheless, I still heard them. I still heard that it's true that back then they ain't want you. Now I'm hot, though. Well, what happens now? <laughs> All of them. All of them? All of them. <laughs> hey, y'all, thank you for hanging out with Jonesy and Brown. We'll catch you all next week, y'all. Peace. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com. Slash BITW Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports.